Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want to talk to you about the transforming power of love. God's love truly transforms us. We go from being in darkness to coming into light don't we, when we are born again, and that love is imparted to us at that time. I've heard people say, well, I, you know, I don't really have love like I need to. Well, you may not have allowed it to be developed or cultivated in your life, but you have love if Jesus lives on the inside of you. You have it there. Amen? Now, I, I heard someone say this, and they said they asked God, God, what about, how, you know, why don't you do something with all these starving children, with all the human trafficking, with all the suffering and the pain and everything that's going on in this world? Why don't you do something? And God spoke back an answer to him. And he's saying, I work through my people and I need my people to help and minister my love to meet those needs. See, we just think, well, God can do anything. Yes, He can. But I'm going to tell you, God uses people to change this world. And, you know, my assignment, my sphere of influence, I can change and minister uh, and love and help people but it, it, it touches only a certain area. But then other people, when everybody does that, we start reaching more and more and more. And if, if you just say, I never have opportunities. No, you never take opportunities and you never see opportunities. But opportunities are around us all the time to share the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible has so much to say about love. And what I'm going to say this morning will be just a little drop in the bucket because there's so much to say about the love of God. Now, what, what we need to understand, though, that this love that I'm talking about is not human love. Human love is fickle. Human love is not the God kind of love. You know, I... I, I was listening to someone and they said something and it arrested me. And they said, you know, um, that the Greeks, you know, once the dispersion and people were going everywhere, you know, preaching Jesus. And um, at, at that particular time, uh, then they began to write the Bible in Greek. And they had to be able to come up with a word for love. And the way that they did it was observing and reading about the life of Jesus. And that's how they came up with the word love, agape. You know, it's a Greek word, agape love. It's the God kind of love. And it's not like human love. What, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean this. I say it, you say it. I love pizza. I really love ice cream. 
I love my mother. Now, my mother, if she were here, she would, might be insulted if I say the same thing. I love pizza, ice cream, and my mother. But see, and there are different kinds of love that are even talked about in the Scripture. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's the God kind of love. There's a love that parents have for children. And there uh, is a, a love that between a husband and a wife. There, there's different kinds of love, but the God kind of love is a love that will transform and there's a power to it to change the story, to change people, to change situations. So that's what we're going to look into this morning. Now, the first place that we're going to start is John 3.16, okay? I want us to say this scripture out loud together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, isn't that a powerful scripture? I want us to say it again. I learned this scripture in Sunday school when I was a child. Now, if you went to church, I'm sure similar things happen. Some of you maybe didn't, and that's okay. We'll get it here, right? Let's say it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so that tells you right there that God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? He gave his only son to get you and to get me. Now that's a powerful truth, isn't it? But he had to give in order for that to happen. And so the God kind of love is a giving love. It's not a giving love because if I give to you, you will give back to me. That's not the God kind of love. It's The God kind of love is not the kind of love that does something to get recognition and attention. And you know, I'm sad to say that that can be the case many times. And, you know, it could have been the case in our lives here. You know, I, I don't know. Only God can check those motives. But when you have the God kind of love in your life, it's a transforming power. See, the gospel is the power of God. And it will transform. This love will transform you. And it will transform your situation and circumstances. And human, natural human love, it may be good, but it, it doesn't have the power to do that. Amen? Now, God's love, this agape kind of love, again, is not a human love. And it is a love that gives even when it hurts. Do you not think for God to give His only begotten Son that that was a painful thing, but he knew that if he gave, that he would get. And sometimes, I tell you, we can be so self-absorbed, self-centered, and selfish that we never give it a thought what we can do for other people. 
We've got ourselves on our minds. And I understand, you know, life has got a lot of things uh, it brings to you that you have to deal with that will pull you toward those things. But somewhere, somewhere in us has to be this love that we allow it to be manifested and come forth to minister and care for other people and what's going on in their life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The, the Bible said that when Job prayed for others, that God turned his captivity. I understand what he means. I understand what he means. When you pray for a friend, you love a friend. That's why you pray for You take the time to pray because you love him. And I, I know in my own life, at my greatest time of need, in my greatest time of hurt and pain, I had to take my life and lay it on the altar because I knew that if I did not rise up to touch and love other people, I was going to be in a shell. I was going to be pulled back into that shell. And it would be destructive for my life. And it's no different for anyone that would be here this morning. In, in the pain that you have, in the hurt that you have, do something for someone else. You know, in that great time of need, Eddie and I determined, we had to determine it together through tears, we will love other people, we will touch other people, and this great compassion that we have, we're going to take it, and we're going to, with compassion, love and minister to people like we've never been before, like we've never done before. And I'm going to tell you, that was a point where change began to happen, where healing. Now, was it, an, was it like that? No, and I won't mislead you with that, but it was a turnaround time in my life where I said, I'm going to care about other people. I'm going to love other people. I'm going to do things for other people in the middle of a hole in my heart that seems to be bigger than anything that I could have imagined. And you know what? God is faithful. When I loved, He, he gave more healing, more healing, more healing that came to me. And I'm here this morning, and I still bear scars in my life. I still bear those scars. I still have memories. I still experience pain and that. But I'm telling you, God did something in my life because I chose to love other people. Well, I just don't like other people. I love God, but I don't like other people. <laughs> you think that's funny, don't you? And it is funny. But I'll tell you what, that's the way people think. And I've even heard similar things. I love God, but I can't stand these people. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you really love God, 
you will love other people. Doesn't the Bible say that? He tells us that. Love God. Jesus told us that. He said, the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor as your... Who's your neighbor? Anybody around you? People. Love your neighbor. Now, one of the keys is as yourself. Some people, they do not love themselves. As a matter of fact, they despise or hate themselves. You got to get that taken care of. God doesn't want you to be selfish and centered on yourself. That's not what that kind of love, uh, you know, loving yourself means. It means have a healthy respect for the life that God has given you, for who you are. You might have made plenty of mistakes, but God loves you and you can love yourself. And you may have to start in a low place to work your way up, but you can do that. But you're to love your neighbor. You're to love people. Well, how can I love them? They've hurt me. People are my problem. How can I love them? You know, one person hurts us and we take it out on the world. But even the person who hurts you, God says, love your enemies. Now, you can't do that with human love. And so we're not talking about a love that's out of emotions and your impulses. That's not what we're talking about because your impulse is, I can't stand them. I'd like to do something to them, to hurt them. I've been hurt and I want to lash out and hurt others. Even if it's not the person who did it, but we got to get over that. We got to work our way through that, and we've got to see and understand what God's love is. We have to love ourselves. We know to love God. Yes, we know to love God, but we have to love ourselves and then love our neighbor. Because if you don't love yourself, you won't love other people either. So we, you, that may be an assignment from this morning's lesson that you need to work on: loving yourself. And see, some people love themselves so much they're in love with themselves. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, things you need to know about God's love. Okay, the first thing is God not only has love, but He is love. God is love. That's what 1 John 4, 16 says. God is love. Let's say that together. God is love. And so he has love for us, but he is love, okay? So when you are born again, that means God moves into your heart. All the hate, the sin, and all those things move out. And God moves in. And what a capacity you have. You may not feel like you have the capacity to love. You may not sense that. But it doesn't matter. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, then love lives in you. And it's just a matter of being able to allow God to have the expression through your life. That you give Him your life. See, when you come to the Lord, you give Him your life. Isn't that right? You, lay, you say, Lord, here is my life. You know, cleanse me from all of my sin. Come into my heart. Is that not what we pray? Come into my heart. And so the capacity to love comes into your heart at the new birth. 
And you can love, even though you may feel like you can't, even though you may feel like you don't want to love, love is possible even in unlovely situations and circumstances because the God kind of love is not like an earthly human love. It transcends that. And again, there's a transforming power to the love of God. There has to be. You know, if He takes you in one kingdom out of one kingdom and places you in another, that's powerful, isn't it? And so He says, God is love. And when you come to Him, this love comes into your heart and changes you. Not only does it change you, but it gives you a new character and a new nature. Haven't, how many of you, you don't need to raise your hand, but I want you to think a little bit, maybe on your own life or the life of someone that you know that came out of the world in a bad situation. They could have been on drugs. They, uh, you know, could have been abusive people, angry people, all kinds of situations, murderers or whatever. But their nature and character changed when they come to Jesus because that's what happens when God, love, moves in. It changes our nature. We go from being hateful and hard and harsh and hard-hearted to being kind, loving. That's what happens. We go from one kingdom into another kingdom. And I, you know, husbands and wives may be saying, well, I don't know what happened to you know who. <laughs> they might be having a bad day, but love lives there. Love lives there. Amen. Okay, the second thing that I want to point out to you is when we're born again, God's Holy Spirit expresses Himself through our lives towards others. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you know that scripture. So he said, okay, God comes in and he brings love because he's living on the inside of us. And then there's something that is produced in our life called the fruit of the Holy Spirit because God lives there, the Holy Spirit is in you, and He brings the ability to bear fruit. Fruit is born on the branches, right? He's the vine, we are the branches. And so on the branches, there is fruit that is born. And one of them is love. And again, it's a God kind of love that we are able to bear that fruit, to manifest that, that people can see it. We can demonstrate the love of God in our life. It's what's produced through our life. And so I think we have to ask ourselves, okay, if I am born again and I prayed that sinner's prayer and asked Jesus to come into my heart, and that means He came in, His love came into my life, and I am to bear this fruit of love, it's, it's, a, a, it's a love that can be sensed, can be felt. It's not, a, it's not you know, a, a human love that is the way human love is, but 
when love is given out and ministered and meted out, there is a feel somebody loves me, somebody cares. It's so precious just to take time to notice what is going. I tell you, you know, it, it's not big things, but I, I try to live this way. You know, if I go through a door, I don't slam the door on the next person behind me. I'll hold that door for them if they're, you know, if they're a reasonable space from me. I'll hold that door. I try to smile at people. There's, there's different ways. I mean, those are small ways. But it's so important. Instead of having a scowl on my face and walking around, you know, and I, lots of times I have, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I've got so much on my mind. I got to do this. I need to do that. This is going on, you know, all of those kinds of things and I can be preoccupied. But I try to make myself, and, and look, I'm not going to tell you I've got it all together because I don't, but I'm telling you how I live my life and what I try to do. And that is... I try to do things to be kind. Why? Do you, kindness is a part of the Holy Spirit. Kindness. God wants us to be kind. And, you know, some people live, like I said, without smiling, without kindness and that kind of thing. We need to work on those things. Well, that's not the way I am. I understand that. But God's in you and He's wanting to express Himself. And these are the ways that we're told that He expresses Himself. So we need to do it. It's up to us to do that, to obey that. And to allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate this world and bring light and transforming power through His love. Amen? Very important. So the fruit of the Spirit, we know, is love. And we have this ability to love because the Bible tells us that we can love Him because He first loved us. Because of that love, He first, though, had to love us, gave Himself for us, and because of that, we can love too. That ability to love is in us. If, if there is no love in our life and there is no change of our character and our nature, I think you have to examine yourself and I think you have to ask a question. Do I really know Jesus? Well, if you say, well, I know I know Jesus, well, then it's time to allow Him to live big in your life and begin to manifest His love in this world. I, I thought it was so telling when I read this story about the man asking God, God, why don't you do something? And he said, my people are the one. My, the people are my hands. They're my feet. They're the ones that can make a difference. And it, it's so always so interesting to me that each one of us has something in our heart that is probably near and dear that this love of God really wells up on the inside of us toward a certain thing. Maybe not everybody, but, you know, it's, you know and it changes over time too. But I, I tell you, with me, 
one of the things, and, and I've wanted to do this for years, and hopefully we're getting close to be able to do it, but children who've been neglected and abandoned by parents. To me, that is one of the most horrible things not to take care of your children, as far as I'm concerned. Now, there could even be someone here this morning, and maybe you've abandoned children. And, you know, if you could go back and do it differently, you would. But you can't go back, but you can pick up from now. So I'm not saying the things I'm saying to, you know, bring condemnation. You already have to deal with all those things, I'm sure. But to me, that, that, is, um, that is a place in my heart that God's love really, really reaches out to, to try to do something to help. Like I said, I'm, we're trying to get the church motivated in this way, and hopefully we'll have a door where you know, we can be more productive and fruitful for that. The third thing I want to talk to you about this morning is there is a gauge for your walk of love. First of all, you have to ask yourself, if you're not you know, expressing the nature and the character of God, and you're not showing love, you know, do you know the Lord? And if you do, then it's time to allow it to blossom and spring up in your life. And then there is a gauge for your love in John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. The world is going to look and see that we have love. Okay, um, the fourth thing is all the Ten Commandments are fulfilled in the law of love. Um, you know, not too long ago, uh, I know there was a controversy over a pastor, large, large church, mega church, talking about the Ten Commandments and how they weren't relevant and, you know, that kind of things. Of course, that caused a lot of uproar. But the thing about that is, that is not true. The Ten Commandments are all entwined in loving God. They're all entwined in there. Um, Luke 10, 27. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and soul and strength and all your mind. That's a lot of love, isn't it? It pulls in every area of who you are. It pulls in your heart, your soul, your emotions, your strength, and all your mind. You are to love God. And then it goes on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so this is the commandment that Jesus gave. It didn't do away with the Ten Commandments. It encapsulated the Ten Commandments. Because if you love your neighbor and you love God, you won't lie. You won't steal. You won't commit adultery. You won't do all the things that harm and hurt people. But you will love God and love your neighbor. And therefore, the Ten Commandments will be a part of what you obey. And that's really important to remember that. I tell you, when I was a child, I learned the Ten Commandments. 
Well, we shouldn't be teaching our kids. Yes, we should. And Lord God knows we need it today more than ever before. It, it, it seems to me that in this day and time, that if it's not convenient, what the Bible says is not convenient to us, it's not what everybody is doing, it's not in vogue, in style, then we don't do it. Christians! Well, people may make fun of you. They may put you down. They may persecute you. But believe the Bible and believe the Ten Commandments. It's a better way to live. It's a better way to live. You obey God, God's going to pour it out on you. You disobey the world, the devil, and it's coming in through the door and bringing everything that he's got. So I choose to live for Jesus. How about you? Amen. So living a life of God's agape love is the best place to be, and we respect and honor and love people. That's what God desires for us. Now, God's love, we're told, the fifth thing I want to talk about, God's love is poured out in our lives to overflow and touch others. Isn't that what Romans 5, 5 says? The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In other words, we're just overflowing with the love of God. You know, one of the things for years that I have prayed over our services, I thank you, Father, that that love that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit creates an atmosphere so when we come together, God's love is manifested and the people know it and they feel it and they sense it. And it changes their life. Why? Because it's a transforming power of love. So that love that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit is powerful. Now, I want to tell you a story, and I hope I don't cry. But um, the story is about an uh, elderly Hispanic lady. And um, she had recently gotten born again. And so this new nature and this new character came into her. And so she wants to do something for God, which is what it should be. And so she goes to her pastor and she said, Pastor, what can I do for God? What can I do for the Lord? And this pastor said, well, I've just got just the thing for you. We've got these church buses where we go by and we pick up these children. So you just get on the bus and you ride on the bus and you love those children. You just love those children. And so she got on the bus, you know, and here picking up the kids, you know, and they're all getting on there. And so she just says, God, is there, is there one you want me to minister to? And her eyes just went on this one little boy. He was a little boy, and he's on the bus, and so she couldn't speak much English. And so she just got the little boy, and she, she would sit beside him, not just one time, but every time on that bus. She dedicated herself to uh, every week going to get on that bus, and she would find that little boy, and she would sit down beside him, and she in the, in the broken English and in the 
part of the only words that she knew, she would look at the little boy and she would say, I love you. I love you. And every week she'd get back on that bus and she would sit down by that same little boy and she would tell him, I love you. I love you. And she would just say that over and over again. So, you know, time passed by, time elapsed. And one day she got on the bus and she looked at that little boy and she said, I love you. And that little boy looked back at her and with eyes of love and he said, I love you. So the bus took the little boy home, just like we always did. But that evening, they found that little boy in a garbage bag underneath the steps of his home where the mother had beaten that child to death. But just think about it. Before he left, he knew this elderly lady on that bus had a love for somebody loved him. It wasn't his mother, but somebody loved him. And what a difference. I mean, that little boy, yes, it's, it's a horrible thing, but he left the earth knowing that somebody loved him. The love of God is a transforming power, and it will transform lives. It will transform babies. Babies respond to love. You ever notice that? They just respond to that. Children, husbands, wives, elderly, everybody responds to love because it's what we need. It's what we need in our life because it does have a power to transform us, to bring us out of sadness and our problems and bring us to a place to where we see and understand God's got His love to make a difference in our life. Amen? Now, this love that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, would you say that this elderly lady had that? And it, it required that she do something. She got on that butt. Well, I can't. I'm too old. I can't do that. You know, my arthritis, you know, whatever. And they, those all may be true things. They may be true things. But she did it anyway, out of love for God and love for people. And that's what we're to have. Amen? All right. Um, the sixth thing, small acts of love and kindness do make a difference. You know, I was talking a little bit about that earlier, about the things that I try to do with people and for people. You know, the, I, I try to do other things too, but those small acts of love and kindness make a difference. I can tell you, when somebody's hurting, when somebody's going through something, could be a divorce, you know, could be just a hard time with their children, you know, or rebellious or on drugs or, you know what, do something, do something to try to help people. 
It may seem small and insignificant. Cook a meal for somebody. I tell you, I, I've really learned that cooking a meal for somebody, that's huge. Just, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, one of my friends here in the church, and um, we had gone through something, and um, they knew it, and so they cooked a meal for us. And I'm telling you, it's like, what I, you know, the food was delicious. I mean, she's a good cook, and it, it was delicious. But it was so much more than that because it was God's love coming through them to me and to Eddie to say, hey, I know what you're going through. I know this is a hard time, but I love you, and this is the demonstration of that. And, and But, you know, I do that sometimes too, but a lot of times I can't cook, but I'll try to to do something else if I can cook. I love to cook, I, I do, but you know how it is, if you don't have time, you don't have time, you don't want to throw something together that that wouldn't be good, you know, for, for somebody. At least I wouldn't. If I, do, if I have done that and it's not good, don't tell me about it, okay? <laughs> I tried, just know I tried. Okay, First uh, John three eighteen. little children, let us not love merely in theory and speech. Now, do you love in speech? Yes, you should love people. You should say you love them. That's okay and that's good. But if that's where you leave it, it's short-sighted. But he said, don't love merely in theory and speech, but in deed and in truth, practice and in sincerity. So you practice that love. It's, it's just not in word only. You know, if somebody is starving, and you go to them and um, you say, be warmed and filled, my child. Well, that's good, okay. That's, a, that's okay. But what are you doing about filling their bellies? You understand what I'm saying? You got to do something. There needs to be action to your love. 1 Corinthians 14.1, as I end in the Amplified, it says, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it, love, your aim and your great quest. Make love your aim. Say this with me. Say, I, I will make God's love my aim. You see, if you aim to something, you know, if you, if you have a gun and you're at target practice, you have a target, you have something that you're aiming at. There's a target. Okay, our target is love. Our target is God's love. And so that's what we're aiming for. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.